Okay, now we're going. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to Hybrid Calisthenics Podcast number seven with my friend Shireen Queen. She is Hi. a model, mm-hmm. entrepreneur, and a future vehicle engineer. That's her uh, dream career, I believe. And this is the first long-distance podcast. I am in America, in the U.S., and she is in Germany. But we are on good terms, and I can't wait to talk with her. And we're going to be talking about, oh, just anything. We'll talk about uh, careers, social media branding, perhaps, cars, um, diet, fitness, how she balances her time w- between modeling and her studies, and so on and so forth. Shireen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. That's my first podcast ever, and I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm sitting here in Berlin, Germany, for all of you that are wondering <laughs> where in Germany. And yeah, okay. let's do this. <laughs> uh, Berlin, that was one of the places, because well, um, I did spend some time in Germany. I went through Berlin, but I, I spent most of my time in Valendar. Uh, it's near Koblenz. It's right on the, the Rhine. It's a very small village. I think there's like 900 people. Um, okay, I don't, I don't really know that, because okay. if you're from Berlin, you only know Berlin, you know? <laughs> okay, oh, really? Um, <laughs> that that, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I think Germany is around the size of uh, Arkansas, where I live. That, that's my state. Oh, oh hello oh, to Crystal. Oh. Hello to uh, a couple people. And uh, it might be a little, I think it's a little, a little bit bigger. Um, Americans don't really know geography that well. Like if you're from America, it's the only country on earth. So, <laughs> um, so I spent some time in Hamburg as well. Um, and a week in Frankfurt, I, in between. I was kind of stuck there. So it, it's really a, a lot of fun. I hope to visit Berlin someday. Um, could you tell us a little bit about just like, like 15 seconds about what do you do um, so you, so I don't misspeak. I know you do some modeling work, um, I think, on social media, and you're hooking up with a couple of agencies, as well as uh, where you're studying and what you're studying. So um, let's start with the studying part. I'm currently studying in Berlin, my hometown, the town I was born in. Um, I'm studying vehicle engineering, as you already mentioned, and I'm almost finished. I almost got my bachelor's degree, uh, degree and yeah, the modeling career is the thing. I mainly do social media work, mainly for automotive brands like Mercedes-Benz or BMW, which I'm really proud of and I love doing that. Um, I found a lot of great friends there and um, yeah, I don't have as much experience with modeling agencies, but I'm currently trying to get back in an agency so I can do more of the modeling stuff because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, you mentioned, uh, yeah, that does seem like a lot of fun and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, you, you did mention that your dream career um, was to work as a vehicle engineer, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, before we, we recorded this podcast, I already mentioned that um, I did an internship at Daimler the last six months and I was in the exterior design engineering, which I really, really liked. And I decided for myself that that's what I wanted to do with my life. That's basically the engineering part of the design. Um, it's maybe a bit difficult to understand, but there's no, also a lot of, a lot of engineering going on when you like design a car. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but how would that balance with uh, modeling? Would you like, ideally, would you like to do both? Because you seem to have aspirations for both. Yeah, you know, now that I'm studying, I have, I don't have a lot of time, but I can choose my time really freely. And 
the moment I started working as an engineer, I probably do 40 hours per week, which is um, a lot. So that probably won't be, um, that, that won't work with a modeling career that's like really starting or going off. Uh, you have to invest a lot of time in that also. That's why I would always choose engineering first, always. But now that I'm a student and I can choose my time kind of freely and I can still do work on the weekends or at night <laughs> if I don't have any time left, um, it's more suitable for my lifestyle at the moment. So I'm trying okay. to, to use every opportunity I get. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, that's great. So it's it's more of like a side hustle now, while yeah. before you get to your uh, your dream career, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's more like a side hustle. Also, Instagram, the work I do with social media shoots and stuff like that. Um, it's no secret that we earn money with that stuff, and it's more of a side hustle. As a student, that's quite good. <laughs> Uh, and that's awesome. Oh, by the way, um, I don't know if you can see the chat, but you have a couple of people that say uh, Shireen Instagram fan base is here. Happy to be here. Um, it's from <laughs> Nemanja. Um, hello to Joanna. Hello to um, everyone that's coming to say hi. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, to Young, thank you very much. <laughs> to, uh, to Young, yes, uh, you can ask questions. Please do, um, because you know, like we were talking about before, we're both shy people. You know, you may not think yeah. so, but a, we're, we're both shy people. Um, if you can help us. Uh, by giving us some questions and we get some conversation going, that's fine. And we would love that. We really appreciate that. Um, now, I, I thought about this when you were telling me about this before. Um, you were talking about being an engineer. Do you have a dream company, I guess? Like a lot of um, software engineers want to work for Intel or Google. Um, yeah. Where would you like to work? Um... I think my first choice at the moment would be Daimler because I already know the people. I already did the internship. I really liked it. I really liked my team I was at and I could really, I, I, I'd really like to work there to be honest um, after my bachelor's degree. So Daimler would probably be my first choice, but I'm also open for other car brands, but I'd like to aspire to a big company, you know, like BMW, maybe Tesla. Right, right. Once they come to Germany, they're currently building a factory near Berlin. Um, oh, really? Tesla's building yeah. a, yeah. Um, yeah. That would actually be great. I mean, you, you'll have to forgive me because I, I am definitely, compared to you, ignorant on cars. But <laughs> when people ask me about a dream car, I, I don't really have like dream cars. I, I really like m my car right now. Uh, which is a Honda Civic. What do you drive? <laughs> it's, Honda, it's, it's actually a Honda Civic hybrid. So uh, I can put hybrid. Wow, like, I, I, can, I can pretend. Yeah, I can pretend <laughs> I did hybrid calisthenics. Um, but no, when people ask me, I don't really want, you know, and I, I like they're beautiful cars, but like Lamborghinis and cars that can go like redonkulously fast. Because we don't have an Autobahn. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have an Autobahn here in, in the U.S. You know, and they, they once arrested this football player who bought this multi-million dollar Lamborghini. And he was going like 200 miles an hour and down like the New York interstate. And they said, he said, well, why are you arresting me? And they said, we're well, going fast. And he said, well, that's why I bought the car. So I could go fast. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really want to go that fast necessarily all, all the time. So a dream car for me would just be a Tesla. I, I like that. Because mm -hmm. I do a lot of nearby traveling. I, I drive around a lot in my everyday life. And I wouldn't need to go, because, okay, Arkansas is a little behind. We don't have the electrical charging ports for Tesla okay. as freely available. Uh, but I would just have one in my garage. I th I, that'd be great. I'd just have it like a, medi 
a medium tier Tesla would be my dream car. <laughs> um, and I drive around with that and I, I'd be really happy. Oh, we have, we actually have a lot of questions here. Um, All right. Uh, Matthew Johnson says, any favorite cars of yours? My favorite car, I think it's pretty known um, to people. I like classic Mercedes-Benz cars and I own a 190E. Um, and my absolute favorite car would be the Evo 2 version of the 190E. That's kind of the race version. Do you know DTM? It's no, the German thing, so yeah. You, you don't have to know it, but uh, okay. that's the DTM version, the race car version of my very own car, and that's my first choice. But I, in general, I just really like 80s, 90s classic cars, and... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you like classic ones over modern ones, you would say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I drive my classic car as a daily, mainly because of financial reasons as a student, but right, also right. because I love it. Um, if I would be a millionaire right now, the first thing I do would be build up this car, you know, and take all the money and put it in that old car so it could be the perfect old car. Okay. Uh, which <laughs> is a lot more valuable to me personally, um, but I also maybe buy a new car as a daily <laughs> maybe an okay. s or something luxurious you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah um so you you do you do most of your own work on your own car uh, yeah with the help of my dad you know he he's um a meister you would call in germany i don't know if there's an english term for that but he uh, worked for mercedes-benz a long time in the 80s and 90s so he knows the cars perfectly well and he helps me a lot but he, he also, he stands next to me and says, do this, do that, get that screw. And I do it. And he tells me what to do, you know. <laughs> uh, is that how you got into cars? Is through your father? Yeah, definitely. My whole also, family is like into cars and racing cars. And that's, that's how I got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, th that's actually fantastic. Because that's actually a question I have on my list is how you got into that. So I'm guessing maybe as a kid, you know, when he was working on his car, you come over and you, you peek over the hood and he'd be like, well, get this, get that. And then you were interested yeah. in that. Is that I, I tried to help as much as possible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah that, that's great. Um, no. Um, and the DTM you're talking about, um, the race version of your car, that's the one that you're posing next to in the promotion of it. Uh, yeah, sure used, right. Right? Okay. that's right. Yeah, that's the car. Yeah, I sometimes <laughs> do remember stuff. I, I've been hit in the head, but I sometimes remember that. You're good. So. <laughs> You're really good. You know stuff about cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hopefully I can learn a, a lot more from you uh, from what we'll uh, continue to message later on. But yeah, for those of you that are curious, um, cars she's talking about in the promotional, I used only one promotional picture of Shireen. Um, it's the one where she's posing next to this blue car, I think, the BMW. Uh, it, it's a black one. The black one, yes. Um, so the, um, that's the car she's talking about. Um, we have several more questions, actually. Um, all first right. of all, so, someone asked, she said, oh, is, can Shireen read our questions as well? And you don't have to. I can read them off for you. Uh, if you explain to me how I can read them, because I'm scared to open YouTube Live, because I'm scared that we'll have double audio. <laughs> uh, right, right. Um, well, what I have is I have clicked the uh, YouTube Live, and I turned off the sound on my phone. I just I muted it. Okay, maybe I'll do the same. I just yeah. turn off the sound on my phone. Yeah, or whatever you're more comfortable with. I can, I can read them as well. Um, a couple of things. I want to read them too. <laughs> okay, I can read them. Okay. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about how Shireen and I met. Um, yeah. What we, it's actually just like a very, this is 
again, something that I harp about a lot on is um, how we make things happen is through creation. And that includes creating relationships. She left a comment on my TikTok video. I think it was one of the posture. Well, no, actually, I think it was the questions where I, I was asking people because uh, I got an influx of female followers. I actually had for a while twice as many female followers <laughs> as male followers. So I, I wanted to know what they wanted in particular, um, just to get a feel for my audience. And she said that she's a six foot two. So Shireen is six foot two. That was um, actually wrong. I have to, to uh, tell oh, oh, you. And oh, I'm six foot one. Oh, six foot one. I got that wrong, but yeah, I, that's still tall. You know? That's still really, yeah. Um, you're definitely taller than I am. Um, okay. <laughs> everyone, everyone, especially guys, they add on like an inch or two or three to their height. So if a guy says he's six foot, he's like five foot. Five or something. Yeah, that was actually by accident because uh, we have another like metric system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you in centimeters? Uh, it's one eighty six centimeters. One eighty six. Um, yeah. I'm at one seventy five. Just for comparison, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm good at certain things, not at being tall. Um, but she reached out to me and I, and she said something about how the posture things have helped her. And I, I said, yeah, that, that, that's for you. She reached out to me on Instagram and we chatted. She was a very interesting, very friendly person. And I, I, I just liked her. I invited her on my podcast. I encourage almost everyone to start a podcast, but I'm trying to encourage her to start her own. I think, wouldn't that be a great podcast, guys? Just the, the life of a vehicle engineer, you know, who, does, who did, either does or did modeling work, depending on how your future goes, and just blogging about her everyday life. I, I, I'd read it. I'd listen to it. You know, people who, um, I think podcasts would be bigger because a lot of people, they drive and they listen to YouTube videos. Like people spend so much time making their YouTube videos pretty and they just take the, the YouTube video and they put it down face down uh, in the passenger seat and they listen to it while they drive. It's, uh, or if they have a podcast on Spotify or something, people are busy. So podcasts are on the rise, I believe, and they will be on the rise. Um, a few more things. Um, I, I didn't want to um, overload you with questions while you were doing the thing. That's why I talked a little bit about that. Um, someone asked you, what motivates you to work? Um, what motivates me to work, mainly my future, because I have a re really, really clear picture in my head for my future, uh, how I l would like it to be. And that's what motivates me the most. And sometimes I catch myself to be lazy and then I try to really think about what I want to like all the success that maybe would happen if I do that task now. So that's what kind of motivates me and of course um giving my car a good life all the parts he needs um okay. because for that you need money especially for old cars you need uh, a lot of money so it's um, like your child because people talk about it's like well i, I want to take care of my kid <laughs> so you talk about it's like well, i, I want to give my life like my car a good life i want to give it all the parts it needs so it's like a kid oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is like a child it's uh, my car, I have a really emotional connection to my car, which sounds crazy to some people, but that's just how it is. And um, I only like to, to buy the good parts, you know, the original parts, which are really expensive. And uh, okay. yeah, it's kind of like, like a child. <laughs> okay. Um, just, um, you might have already said this, but just to reiterate for people who may not have heard. Uh, so what is your car that you love so much? Um, what, what about the car? Or the, the emotional connection? No, no. Um, like, what is the make and model, the year? Just people ah, have okay, idea. okay. Sorry, I misunderstood. Um, it's from 1993. And um, Mercedes-Benz 120E, 2-liter, um, 
water. <laughs> and yeah, it's a black car. I don't know. I don't know no, what no. to tell you. No, no, no. <laughs> um, just so people can like either Google it because I mean, if you, if you talk about your car, they might like, well, like, I want to see the car that she's so interested in. Maybe they about. should just visit my page and look at yes. all the beautiful pictures I've taken with my car. There are a lot of pictures. pictures yeah, a lot of pictures. With my car. Exactly. Uh, that's actually um uh, <laughs> uh, sorry go on what, what were you saying um i told them to check out the pictures i took instead of googling pictures of other 190es because mine is obviously the most beautiful one yes, so. yes. I, I have seen it and it it is very <laughs> very beautiful um i brought a tear to my eye actually um and and just uh for people who are coming from my page um thank you welcome by the way it's at shireen queen um s-h-a R-E-E-N, Q-U-E-E-N, Shereen um, wow. Queen. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just talking about motivation, just to bounce off this guy's question. And thank you for continuing to send us questions, please, because I, I, I really like the ones, I like the conversation we have going. Um, I talk a lot about mixing passion with hard work. You know, a lot of uh, people who, like, w w they talk about what motivates me to do things. Well, I like... I find it enjoyable. It is hard work, but I never feel like I'm killing myself. Like, like I'm just working myself to the bone because if I didn't have to make an, a living, if I didn't have to, if I didn't have to do anything, I'd probably be doing what I'm doing right now. You know, I, I like what I'm doing. So as far as what motivates you, is it just the future or do you just love doing what you do now? Like, especially like you like learning about the cars, the engineering of cars, um, same for the modeling things, same for any other aspirations you have going on in your life. Is it your passion or do you have like a side hobby that you like? Um, it's actually my passion. I know before I only talked about like the success side, where, which is yeah, yeah. Great and motivational, but you know, it's also, also my passion. But currently in my studies, I have a lot of things I don't like in it that I'll never need in my um, job later, you know, most right mathematics stuff right right uh, yeah so i have to really motivate myself for that because that i don't really enjoy doing um other parts of my studies i i love even like 10 times as much so it really balances itself out and um for example the work i i had the chance to peek into the work in that internship and that's what i really loved that was um do you know CAD software, like CAD software. It's like a 3D software to no. um, work with parts and stuff like that. It's like Photoshop for engineers. Uh, uh, no, no, but I mean, no, no, thank you. I, I, like I'm taking <laughs> notes. Well, I think I'm taking notes when you write, by the way, <laughs> when, you, when you talk. So I, uh, I'll, I'll look that up. Um, yeah. That's something that you're, so that's actually how you'll work uh, when you do, when you get a job in this, you'll be working in CAD, basically like a Photoshop for car engineers. And that's how you'd be making parts. Is that accurate? Um, yeah, parts, that's, that's the main main software used for making parts. But um, as an engineer, there's a lot of possibilities to work. You can also sit at your desk and calculate stuff the whole day. Okay. But that's not really the the thing I want to do. I want to do more um, engineering Photoshop stuff, like we did with the exterior design engineering, and um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, if you don't mind talking a little bit about the engineering part, um, just, just so we know how it's broken up. Like, for example, in web design, there's front-end web design where people, they make it look pretty, pretty much. And then there's the back-end, which is more complicated and you do the coding. And if you, if you, there's anything other than, if there's like a map or anything 
anything fancy that's usually back end and it's it costs a lot more they're paid a lot more and it's more it requires more skill is there something like that in engineering uh do some people design where they, they understand cars and the mechanics of course but they basically design the out the exterior and some people will work out the interior how is that separated and what aspect do you want to go into um, so basically the design process of a car is the very first process of the car. Like you start with the design, obviously, and mm -hmm. that's for the creative people, for the designers and they sketch stuff and all, all of that. But, um, most, most of the times the stuff they sketch isn't going to translate one-on-one -on -one to what is actually buildable. So the engineers at the design center are there to make a compromise between the creative <laughs> thoughts and what is actually buildable. And yeah, that's, that's a really short version of the job they're doing that. <laughs> no, that's, I laugh because that's common in web design, and like, which is what I do sometimes. Um, and every other thing to where they say, yeah, just build this. And for them, it's something that's very, very complicated, <laughs> but they, they sketch it out on paper and it looks pretty. And they're like, do this. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I can't build this. And they say basically, well, if you really believe <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can build it. <laughs> so um, that, that's, that's funny. That's how it works. And you want to do the design part. Is that what you were saying? Uh, no, no, no. The design part is really for people that study design and okay, like, okay. good at this. I'm not good at, I, I'm also good at designing stuff, but I don't study it. So you have, okay, okay. You have okay. an eye for aesthetics to work as an engineer in the design um, compartment. But um, my job would be really just engineering and like making things look good, but also buildable. If that makes okay. sense. No, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it looks good. Um, great. Um, a couple more questions. Um, now, we may have covered this, but I just want to repeat this question. I don't want anyone to think I'm ignoring them. Um, he said, okay, thanks. Can I get her opinion on being an engineering, on being an engineer and a model like she is? There's, um, sorry, I, I don't really understand. Um, I think her opinion on being an engineer and a model, is she a model for the company that she likes? Um, I'm a little bit confused. This is what he typed. I'm trying to read it. Um, I think he's at, she's asking that if you are a model for like Daimler or the company mm -hmm. that you want to work for in the future. Um, Daimler is actually a company that builds Mercedes-Benz cars. So I already did that. <laughs> okay. So that's basically, so there you go. yeah. Um, I know a lot of people there. So that's basically how I got into the internship. And I'm really grateful for that. And yeah, so modeling actually led me to exactly what I wanted to do with engineering, you know? Okay. So that actually led into engineering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you know, I, I've obviously already started uh, the engineering studies and everything, but since I modeled for, oh, I did some social media shoots for Mercedes-Benz and I got to know mm -hmm. some people there. And when the time came to do my internship, uh, which I have to do for my university. I, my first thought was obviously Mercedes-Benz or Daimler. So I asked them if they maybe know what I could do. And um, yeah, they said, maybe you should try that. And I was like, yeah, I want to try that. That sounds awesome. And I loved it. And yeah, both worlds collided. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually an interesting point because you mentioned that if you go and you become an engineer, um, modeling stuff will either, it'll either dwindle or be gone. 
entirely can it morph into anything can you turn can you turn that into something um like commercials for example or if you did um if there was like um intra-company um informational videos where they have people uh, like an, um if you did like an ad for the company for example as an engineer sometimes they have employees do that is that something that that can turn into or do you have a plan for that um, I don't actually have a plan for that because I'm mainly, you know, interested in the engineering part. <laughs> yeah. But great. if something like that would come up, I definitely take the opportunity because being in a Mercedes-Benz commercial would be like the biggest dream ever. That would be so cool seeing myself on TV, like in a fancy new car. Maybe there's one commercial for the C63 AMG they did with like a businessman in a suit and he um leaves this meeting and instead of being chauffeured by his chauffeur he goes to the garage and gets into his amg and starts driving and drifting and stuff like that and that's exactly what i want to do for a commercial that would be a dream but me me as a woman leaving a important meeting in a suit and then drifting in an amg that would be perfect <laughs> no i actually i think as a, you might have an advantage in that just because like i think they would realize like a lot of the um because they they do want to sell to women too. I I think that would be an excellent commercial. You know, especially if they, um, because they, they they can do two different things. You know, because I mean I think Mercedes has done some commercials to I guess a female empowerment for lack of a better term. For example, yeah. if they did something to where there's a female leaving a desk, you know, and people someone mistakes her for the secretary, but she's actually the CEO, you know, or she's the boss. Okay, and she leaves, oh. and like you think she's being chauffeured, but she actually walks past the chauffeur and goes into your car and drives off. I think that'd be really cool. I think that's very reasonable for a dream. I think yeah. you can have that and other dreams. Really, I think. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're from Mercedes and you're watching this, sponsor Shireen. <laughs> then, then right. More than you are now. <laughs> uh, um, a, a couple more things. Uh, By the way, I, I can't read the comments. I think you can only read the comments because you're, um, it's your okay. account. Because okay, okay. I can't read them. I don't know why. <laughs> no, uh, um, yeah, that, that is a bit odd. Um, we'll, I'll have to experiment with that. We're still, I am still a noob in some ways. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Um, but we do have a, we got up to like 20 people that are watching us. So, which is great for a YouTube live, I think. Yeah, um, I think so too. Someone said, I love to see your adventures with BMW Classic. What do you like more? New car adventures like with the AMG GTR? or some specials like snow drifting with the E30? Oh, wow, that's a very specific question. That must be a follower. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mostly enjoy the classic cars um, because even though the GTR is a lot faster, like I was driving really fast in that car and I had a lot of fun in the mountains also with all the curves and stuff like that, um, the real reason why i want to drive cars is because they are manual and loud and i don't know they make a lot of noise you know and they don't the evo 2 for example it's not really a fast car compared compared to a gtr but it's so much more fun for me personally to drive an old race car than a new race car because the gtr can basically be driven by my grandma if she wanted to, there's a gas pedal and a brake pedal, and that's all you have to do, you know. <laughs> so it's automatic. Yeah, it's automatic and pretty fast. You know, it's also fun. They're both fun, but I personally prefer a classic car 
that's just my personal preference. So I, the ice drifting was also really fun because that was also with classic cars and yeah. Okay. Um, for some, because I, I know that if I don't know this, some of my followers won't, I'm sure some of your followers will. Uh, what is snow drifting, ice drifting? <laughs> um, do you know what, have you watched Tokyo Drift, the Fast and Furious film? A long time ago. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Do you remember how they like drift up the garage, like going sideways with the car? Going sideways and then like they go like yeah, that? Yeah, that's, okay. that's drifting. And if you do it on ice, it's a little bit easier on the car and it's a bit easier. Um, you don't have to have as much power in the car. And it's a lot of fun on the snow. And we did that in the beginning of the year. So that's ice drifting, like drifting on snow. Uh, okay. you, you can go a bit faster on snow because there you have a lot of space, like uh, street okay. racing is illegal in Germany and probably in America too. So yeah, I think it's illegal everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, what, what is the purpose of that? Is it just for fun, just drifting or is there like a race? Can you go faster in drifting? I, I forgive my ignorance on this. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not a, a race driver pro, but um, on all the racetracks you don't drift normally, okay. but um, the ice drifting is basically just for fun. You can bring your own car, you don't have to have a lot of power in your own car and you can just like go for it and try it and maybe you, you do a 360 turn sometimes because you don't have a feeling for it yet or you're a pro okay. and you go around the track and hit every drift perfectly. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to make a note. So Mar my experience in Mario Kart wasn't accurate to actual racing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can try it with your car. You know, it's probably a, a um, front wheel drive. Yeah. Front wheel drive. Um, all, probably all the, you'd be, you'd be so bored in my car. It is, it's, it's, it's a front wheel drive automatic. I learned to drive on a manual actually. Uh, it was a Toyota Paseo. Yeah. I learned to drive. That was my first car. I learned on a manual. Um, it was a lot of fun. Okay. That's um, really not common in America, right? Driving uh, manual cars? Not anymore. Not anymore, I, I don't believe. Um, really, it's a lot of fun. It, it makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving all these levers, especially like to someone, I mean, like the, the younger people or some people who haven't seen a manual car, they're like, wow, you're moving all these levers. I'm, when I'm, I'm just shifting from, like, <laughs> from neutral to five, but <laughs> it makes me feel it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and that car lasted about six months. I, I, I tried to drive it from Arkansas to California. Um, right. And it, it I, I don't think I did anything wrong, but it, it just, it, it died out just outside of Arizona. It didn't die in Death Valley, it died right outside it. It left, um, I forget, what was the country? So it was, P, I think Payton, Payson, Arizona, uh, which is about an hour out of Death Valley. If it had died in Death Valley, I would have been in danger. Um, <laughs> but it died right outside of Death Valley. <clears throat> and I sold it for scrap. And I got 200, 200 US dollars for it. Uh, I used that money to rent a U-Haul. I put everything I owned in my, in my life uh, into the corner of this big 18-foot U-Haul. Um, and <laughs> I drove the rest of the way to California. Um, that was, that, I had only been driving for one year at the time. So that was very interesting for me. Um, let's see. Hampton, so... I, can, I can now read the comments. I was just, it was my fault. So now I can. No, no, it, it's okay. It's okay. Um, uh, Joanna, uh, which is a follower of my page. Welcome, Joanna. Hello. I, I, I'm so glad you're here. She says six foot one is normal, certainly here in the Netherlands. We're on average the tallest in the world. Tallest, wow. tallest in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, 
I spent a week with my friend um, Sandra in Denmark, and all her friends were really tall, really tall. Um, I can't relate. I'm from Laredo, Texas. I'm five foot one. Well, you know what? I mean, you, you can't change your height. That's, that's the thing. You know, like, um, I don't think enough people will have empathy for how other people feel because there are people who are smaller than average. Not that you feel this way. You know, I, I don't want to assume, but some people like, I know some guys and girls who are like, who are shorter than average and they're always trying to be taller. And they're like, well, if only I was six foot five or something. And like every person I've known that is six foot five, almost every person, you know, like they're, they're, they're like hunching, especially yeah. some, some woman. Um, I didn't realize that's about women. I, I, I apologize. But a, lot, a couple of the ones that I met were like six foot three. And I was like, that's awesome. And she said, no, I always, I was made fun of in school for being too tall. Uh, I always tried to hunch and she had, she had a bad back and she was seeing my father uh, because of that bad back because she hunched all the time. Uh, and I didn't realize, so there's some, so people who are shorter want to be taller. People who are taller want to be shorter. Um, hardly everyone is like completely satisfied. So it's better just to be yourself instead of, you know, trying to stretch or hunch yourself into a health <laughs> problem. So, um, by the way, the, the posture stuff, just, um, just for some people that are watching who've seen the posture videos, that was very popular on my page. Um, that was originally calisthenics for height. Like before I started hybrid calisthenics, um, people had asked me if, if they can increase height with calisthenics. And I was like, yeah. And most of it turned out to be posture. Like, I think it makes more sense for it to be posture. So I turned it into that. So if you want to be like an inch taller, even if you, even if you don't, it'll make you healthier. So do it anyway. But uh, calisthenics, the, the uh, posture stuff with hanging will make you a bit taller sometimes. Yeah, without um, your posture videos, we probably would have never known each other. Right. Because... So again, like we, we create, you know, and um, everyone, it was originally going to be like an ebook or like a course that I sold, but had I done that, I wouldn't have met her. So when we create and we give without expectation, you know, and I'm not saying do everything for free, but um, when you give, you're actually getting something in return too. Even if you do it without expectation, if you don't like, if you give something, if you give someone something and you expect something in return, even though you don't say so, like here are some socks. Yeah. But now you owe me a car ride. That's manipulation. <laughs> but if we give without expectation, that's charity. If that makes sense. I talk about that a lot. A couple more questions. Um, did you want to read some? Oh, Hey, uh, Jamie, excuse me. Hampton did tell me I should have a podcast. LOL. Yes. Everyone should have a podcast. <laughs> everyone yeah, should, almost everyone should have a podcast uh, that, that's going to be like a meme about me like there i've noticed there are certain things i repeat a lot so um was there any question that popped out to you that you want to read uh i'm currently reading some comments i'm i'm a bit behind on them oh it's okay i, I just it's didn't want actually to a lot <laughs> yeah yeah i know thank you guys for your participation that's um actually quite a bit because i mean some people they like seeing like two thousand people and the chat is always going I like to read every comment. I like to, I like to answer all the questions I get. So this is actually perfect. Cause I mean, we're spending some time on the questions and I'm going through them. So I really appreciate that if you're here. Um, so I saw a question that said, uh, it's from Moritz. He says, so what's her opinion on the whole training and nutrition thing? Maybe that's the one I was reading. That's the one I was reading. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, my opinion on training and nutrition. Um, I know there was a question, um, Hampton did a, a video or like a live session before where he asked if some of you had questions for me and somebody mm -hmm. asked, 
about my fitness and uh, health routine during quarantine now. And to be honest, before quarantine, I didn't have a fitness routine. And uh, now okay. that I have a bit more more time on my hands, I started running again, which I love. I try to do um, some posture workouts from Hampton because they really seem to help me. And I feel that a lot, especially in my shoulders, because I'm a tall woman and I hunch a lot because I was always insecure about my height. So yeah, those were great. And that's basically my whole routine, running and Hampton's workout videos. <laughs> and on nutrition, um, I'm vegan since five years now and I love it. And I try to eat as healthy as possible, as a lot of veggies as possible, a lot of fruits and um, you know, lot of, lots of carbs because I'm running a lot. Yeah, that's that's right. a very basic view on nutrition and health. <laughs> okay, so um, so training you, you do is the posture work and jogging and uh, nutrition and just general you try to eat healthy and you are vegan. Uh, just to summarize. Yeah. Okay, um, tell me a little bit more about. Um, and I, I want to talk to you about jogging because she actually has some very interesting views on that. Um, but the veganism. Uh, what got you into veganism? Um, you know. Since I was a little kid, uh, as soon as I knew that there are actually animals and meat, because as a kid you, you have that realization at some point, I didn't want to eat it anymore. So I was a vegetarian ever since I could remember. I refused to eat meat or fish or anything like that, but I still ate cheese and stuff like that because it was normal to me. And then when I was 17, I had heard Freely the Banana Girl. Do you know her? She um, was pretty famous. How do you spell free Freely? Freely the Banana Girl. I don't know I if she has a YouTube banana. channel anymore, but at that time, um, I loved her videos and she once said, yeah, if you're vegetarian, you you could just let it be because you're not really doing anything for the animals. And I felt really triggered about that quote. <laughs> I felt provoked and um, I was a bit angry at that comment. So I started to educate myself a little bit about that thing called veganism. And I actually found that she was right. And so I thought to myself, well, maybe I could start incorporate a bit more vegan into my lifestyle. And after maybe two months, I was completely vegan and loving it. And that's how it all started. And I'm never going back. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> she went vegan and she's not going back. Right. <laughs> uh, so um, ex explain to me and some of our audience um, what and now, uh, like, um, so... The difference, just in, just in case someone doesn't know, the difference between vegetarianism and veganism, and yeah. what exactly were the differences that made vegetarianism, like, might as well not doing anything? Uh, what, what were the differences that spurred you to be, take that extra step and become vegan? Uh, you know, it's a really sensitive topic, and okay. I don't want to, like, um, be okay, okay. aggressive I, about it, but, you know, what I always tell people if they ask about veganism is, if you really want to know it, uh, go and, and really Google it and read studies, because that actually shows a lot more than my words. Okay, I, I understand. And it's, it's like a moral thing, you know, if you see those videos of the cows or the chickens or the whole, like, production thing, you, you will quickly get, you know, why it might be a better idea to not 
eat milk or eggs or anything. The, the, the feeling of, of like what, why you became vegan. So yeah, you, you want to impart that feeling to other people. I say, yeah. So she encourages you to uh, do your own research on that. I'm sure there's lots <laughs> of videos. I mean, if you just Google, like I can just imagine if you Google why go vegan, I mean, I'm, I'm, you will never be able to read all the information. So th- th- there's that. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, I like that. You know, the, the moral aspects, some people do it for nutrition. Some people do it for morality. Some people mix the two. So um, it's good to get your opinion on that. Um, now, as far as diet goes, because that's something a lot of people ask, um, in your vegan diet, you mentioned a lot of carbs because you jog. Uh, what yeah. is your preferred carb? Uh, rice? Yeah, probably rice and pasta. But I think pasta is actually not that good good for you i don't really know it works for me but it That's what they say. I, I, I love pasta I love, <laughs> I, I love pasta um what kind of rice um i just usually go for the cheapest rice i can find in a supermarket and i recently purchased a rice cooker which made all the difference uh, yes, in the world. yes you probably have one right i, I don't know like cliche but no 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 um actually it, it doesn't bother me because i the only t- um, I was given one by my parents because <laughs> they, they, they grew up with rice cookers. I like making, I, even to this day, I have a rice cooker in my kitchen. I, I make it in a pot. <laughs> so I, really? I just, uh, yes, I'm used to doing that. I, I got the rice cooker maybe three weeks ago and it's a one with a little net where you can also steam veggies while cooking rice. Oh, wow. It's so yeah. easy. It made my life like 10 times easier. I love it. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, you just get the cheapest one you can find um is that is it white rice yeah white white rice i don't really care about the brand or anything uh, okay probably organic would be great if you can yes. afford that i encourage you to to buy organic if possible but yeah just any carbs i can get my hands on you know i, I came a bit prepared because i read the question from your yes. last session before and um there was a girl who asked my favorite vegan dishes and uh, maybe I can share those for you um, for breakfast I usually like to load up with carbs because after that I usually go running and that would be like a lot of bananas and oats and stuff like that basic stuff and uh, mm-hmm. not expensive at all because people always say veganism is expensive it's not <laughs> and for lunch maybe a nice Thai curry with veggies and rice and tofu or tempeh, some of the good stuff. And for dinner, maybe something like a lentil soup or a chili with a lot of beans and stuff like that to get some protein. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I prepared. That's what I thought about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, give us a shout in the chat if you would like Shireen to do like a short ebook, uh, either for sale or for free, <laughs> uh, uh, on her vegan recipes. It's even a short one. I- I'm sure some people I would like that. Best. I have the best vegan recipes, you know, I have a lot of experience. I like to cook. I, I think I'm doing pretty well on that. So, <laughs> Shireen Queen, entrepreneur, model, cook, <laughs> engineer. <laughs> so yes, um, yes. Give us a shot if you like one, because I, I, I'd be interested in that. And that's something I would spread because um, diet and nutrition is obviously a huge topic. As for rice, um, I'm kind of particular about my rice. I, I like basmati. I like uh, brown rice. I get a lot. Now, there's some arguments about what the real difference is. That's, again, that's kind of a sensitive topic. I'm not worried about addressing it, but I'll address it in a separate video. It's a good video idea. I'm going to write that down. Different kinds of rice. Um, <clears throat> and as far, as far as organic, I'm glad you brought that up because for those of you that are situated in the US, uh, when I was in Germany and certainly Europe, there was a lot more, even compared to now, um, because I mean, there's more organic produce in america 
I mean, not now, but I, I, like as far like the current era than there was in the decades past. But there was a big uh, organic pre- uh, presence in the grocery stores. I think if you see one that says bio, that's uh, that's biologic. Is that yeah, organic? yeah, yeah. Bio is like organic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you like that, and if you see a sign, that's the organic stuff. Um, they really like the organic stuff more so than um, a lot of Americans still. A lot of Americans still think it's a hoax, which is a way for us to pay more money. Um, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. No, it, it's a very, um, it's a sensitive topic again. There, I mean, again, you know, I, you don't even have to be a conspiracy theorist, I think, to, to recognize that large corporations have influence so they can spread over media and spread propaganda so certain like whenever you see certain news stories certain articles about this i mean there are certain people who don't want you to believe organic we don't who don't want to buy organic certainly like certain food um food producers for example who don't do organic um so there may be a reason why they want you to think it's nonsense um and i actually in my third podcast um, I interviewed someone who was into agriculture and he really explains like why organic produce is more important, how it can help you lose weight, how it can help you be more healthy. So yeah, certainly something that I, I wholeheartedly agree on buy organic if possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I support that. I fully support that. If possible, yeah. just do it. Well, well, especially now, you know, um, a lot of the, there's a meat shortage going on in the U S so there's a push for, um, yes, there's a meat shortage in the sense that you can't go to, uh, actually, it's a big thing. As uh, well, we have Walmart here in in the U.S., uh, we have some grocery stores, a large chain grocery stores. Um, you can't go there necessarily and get chicken and beef, but you probably have a local farmer somewhere around. If you look around, even if you're in a city, um, they may um, they may have a farm outside the city and they sell it inside the city. If you look, if you ask around, maybe a, a local butcher shop they deal with some local farmers. Um, you'll often find things that are organic, uh, more healthy, and you're also supporting local businesses and they won't necessarily be more expensive, especially if you're buying it like, like how we're supposed to, you know, we, we buy a lot, a lot, you can put it in the freezer. Um, so yeah, if you're worried about the meat shortage, uh, look up local farmers and that's a lot of them will be organic and you're also supporting local businesses. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the jogging because you've mentioned how jogging is more than just fitness for you. It's also a mental thing. Yeah, jogging is a huge mental thing, an emotional thing for me because it really helps me to cope with my emotions, especially if I'm feeling very, you know, angry that day. It doesn't really fit to my personality, but sometimes I, when I feel a lot of pressure and I have to, a lot of work to do, I tend to get a little bit angry to get it done, you know? I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. No, um, no, 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 no. But after that, I, I really have to release it, you know? And... Um, also, if you have personal issues or family issues or any stuff like that, it's definitely a healthy coping mechanism compared to other stuff like partying or like bad stuff. Uh, go running. It's good for you. And yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's actually a, a great point um, because someone mentioned on one of my videos, um, like it was a couple of them. I, I joke that you could take your anger out with exercise uh, with strength exercise. And he mentioned that there are some studies that have shown that um, like people who get angry and they have a punching bag in the room and they're like, I'm so angry at my boss and they just punch it. And it's like, this is my boss and they, and they punch it. Um, they, some studies have shown that's an unhealthy way to take out your anger. 
Whereas if you yeah. take, but not necessarily in exercise, whereas jogging is perhaps more gentle. It is more gentle than punching a punching bag. Um, Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you release your anger and perhaps in more of a healthy way because you are expending energy, but you're not, not taking it out as in hitting something. Um, you know, again, that's controversial. Some people might agree. Some people might disagree that there's benefits to both, but jogging to as an emotional release, as a form of expression, which is what you mentioned to me, um, yeah. certainly a very good thing. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about how you express yourself with jogging? Um, you know, the thing is, I only like to go on a run by myself. I would never do it with friends or in a group run or anything. Running is a really personal thing for me because of like the expression and emotional thing. <laughs> I like to have a really good playlist with all my favorite songs at the moment or like songs that kind of hype me up, which can be kind of aggressive, you know, mm -hmm. and um, then I just, I just go for it. And I also told you about this quote I read uh, where somebody was asking a runner, do you run from something or towards something? And he answered both. And I feel that's so true. Uh, while running, you can really, it's like the most natural form of movement, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really feel like if I run and I'm just, I'm out of breath and I really feel my whole body, you know, because you, you want to stop, but then you push yourself to do more and run faster. And you have all those um, endorphins coming up like the runners. Right, right. And yeah, that's, that's an emotional experience. And I would highly recommend trying it. <laughs> so um, when, as far as expression, it's almost like um, not necessarily expressing to someone else as in like wearing a t-shirt or doing a speech where you're communicating with other people, but um, not to get too out there but more like you're communicating with yourself perhaps yeah yeah totally because you're you know it's an extreme situation for the body and you're all by yourself and you have to really push yourself at least for me it's not easy to just run uh for miles you know it's not right, right. easy you have to like discuss with your mind to keep on going just keep on running and um yeah, that's probably the main thing I meant with expression because it's a self-conflict and you just mm -hmm. keep on pushing it and then at the end you're super happy and your body makes you super right. happy. However, it does that, but it just, it works. <laughs> um, for, um, oh, and by the way, just before I forget, uh, Shireen asked if you, because I know we have some joggers in, in either in the live stream or people who will watch this. Well, I know we have joggers. Um, she asked for me to do some calisthenics for running injuries, perhaps if your knees hurt or your ankles hurt. That is definitely on the way. That's a great idea. Thank you. Um, so we'll, we'll take care of that. Um, I'd like to mention, because I, I used to do a lot of running too. Um, and it's something that I want to connect with uh, another aspect that you may not, most people may not consider, which is a lot of people feel kind of stuck, like they're in a rut um, or they, they feel unmotivated or sometimes they're depressed. And running, I believe there's multiple studies that have shown running can help with depression or just exercise in general helps with depression, anxiety, anger, like you've mentioned. And part of how that manifests, I think, is through the idea that we are so inundated with distractions, uh, for lack of a better term, in the sense that uh, we wake up, a lot of people check their phones, you know, a lot of times there's some bad news and it's like the um, grandpa died or if some, some people feel anxiety when they scroll through Instagram and they see people 
in their mind doing better than they are, even though it's not Instagram isn't always reality, just FYI, uh, breaking news. The, the, <laughs> they see things and they're worried about that. And that bogs their brain down and they're talking to other people. They go to work, which sometimes they don't like, and they're being yelled at. Um, and that kind of, that really slows down creativity. And if you're, if you're in a, you're used to being a certain way and you're, and you, you live life like that, it's a very stark difference, a very obvious difference. So something like running a repetitive task that, that allows you to perhaps calm down this, even though you're exerting yourself, you're calming down, you're listening to music. This actually allows your creativity to flow. Um, because that's how I get my, I don't get my best ideas when I'm on Facebook. i like, I hardly ever get any, any ideas on Facebook because I'm focused on Facebook. I'm focused on Instagram and I, I don't, when I'm talking with other people, sometimes I get ideas depending on the person, but when you're just by yourself and you get time to think a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people, they never really get time for introspection for where you communicate with yourself. So, um, for people who, uh, listen to me and want my advice on certain things for motivation, happiness, um, you don't have to take up jogging. Even it's it's a very good thing. Um, but something similar to that, or if you just want to get started, then jogging is a good way, not only for your health, but perhaps for your career and your lifestyle. Because you may come up with an idea that later on changes everything. You may meet your future wife or your husband or whomever that way. You may start a future career just from an idea you get from relaxing your mind with jogging. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry to go on a diatribe there. <laughs> I didn't mean to, to, to monopolize the time. Um, we are uh, at an hour, um, but I mean, we have some more questions. If, unless you have to go, I'd like to keep going for a little while longer. Yeah, no, no. I'm totally fine with uh, the hour passed so fast. I don't know. I hope it's not, not boring for people listening to us. No, no. Uh, I, I mean, I, I to be entertained. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, actually, uh, we're actually in increasing a bit. Um, so, and I, I'm having yeah, a lot so of fun. Let's keep going. I was just looking uh, while you were talking. I was just looking at the comments and mm -hmm. uh, there may be more questions because I'm amazed at how many people write uh, comments. Right, right. And I love that. And I found a question that was... Uh, it was like 10 minutes ago, but maybe you're still here and I can still answer it. Um, he answered or she an uh, asked if I suggest any nutritional supplements. And I would like to hear your opinion on that too, because uh, it's very interesting. Maybe I could start, you know, I, I, take, oh, go ahead and start. Uh, I take three supplements because as a vegan, um, you're always told, told to take B12 and I never did that. And I felt great but uh, recently i thought maybe i should try it and just like take it and see if anything changes so i take b12 now and i feel good so it, it doesn't hurt <laughs> okay and um, i suffer from migraines occasionally and so a lot of people on instagram actually told me to take magnesium for that and that it helped a lot of people so i do that for a couple of months now and it really helps me so for everybody with migraines try taking magnesium. It might really help you. And uh, since I'm a woman and women often suffer from iron deficiency, I also take iron because um, since I was a little girl, I don't have the, the enough receptors for iron. I think that's how you explain it. Mm -hmm. That's how my doctor explained it to me. And I think a lot of women have the same issue. So yeah, I take iron too. <laughs> Okay, no, that, that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I've also heard of the iron deficiency um, in a sense. That, now, I've heard it. I don't know if it's true, but someone, a woman said that she thought she had iron deficiencies or she, she thought that women have iron deficiencies because they lose more blood every month than men do. Yeah, that, <laughs> um, that makes sense. You know, we yeah, lose that, a lot of blood every month. So uh, that, that kind of makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it does make sense. Um, and she was saying that um, 
it was she was actually saying that men because of that have too much iron in their blood and she was using that as an argument for donating blood um against i'm not, okay. not for against i don't know that quite for sure but it certainly seems very interesting an interesting way to look at it as far as uh, nutritional supplements go i don't take any myself um that doesn't mean i'm against it um especially because i mean we're all different some people may be born with certain deficiencies and things i try to get my my nutrition from food um and my my reasoning for this uh not that not that you can overdose on like to my knowledge, you can't over like can't easily overdose on like B12 or vitamin C or anything or supplements. Um, but I think our food acts as a bottleneck for us having too much of something. So, I mean, you, again, you can't overdose re- e- at least easily on vitamin C, but I mean, if you just take it in tablet form, it's very like, if you wanted to, you could eat the whole bottle. Don't do that. But uh, <laughs> you, you could, whereas if you want to get vitamin C from like oranges or something, because there's other stuff in that orange, it acts as a bottleneck for, um, to prevent you from having too much of something. And I'll actually have a podcast next week with a woman who does uh, intuitive eating. And basically, um, for me, it means training your body to want what it's deficient in. <clears throat> and if you get used, if your body is uh, tuned in a certain way, for example, if you're not having enough ma- magnesium or iron, it recognizes what foods are lacking uh, or sorry, what foods you need. Like you may find yourself wanting a steak and it's because your body um, recognizes that deficiency, even if your brain doesn't consciously and you eat that. So uh, just to summarize, I get most of my food from most of my supplements and nutrition from just regular food. Now there is an argument. And if you guys are really interested in this, um, Arlen Hicks is my third podcast. Again, he's the agriculturalist or like someone who does agri- agriculture that I talked to. He mentioned that the argument against that, against um, just getting your nutrition from food, is that a lot of food nowadays is um, it's nutrient sparse. It doesn't have as much nutrients as, and he, he can explain this better than I can. It, it doesn't have as many nutrients as it should. It has similar calories. So you gave an example of an apple that was farmed um, non-organically and also a lot of other, uh, it's like farmed not in a good way where it was not good for the soil. It wasn't good for the earth and it's not good for the apple and it's not good for us in the sense that you eat it. It has the same number of calories. So you, ha- you need to eat more, um, but it, it has the same number of calories, but less nutrients. So your body will want to eat more food because of its nutrients sparse and, but you're getting more calories. So you're getting fat from that. That's the argument against that. Um, but he mentioned that if you buy organic non GMO foods, a lot of them, um, and again, some of this is controversial. So if you don't like this, you can read the podcast or you can message me and perhaps we can talk a little bit more about it. Um, that certain foods are more nutrient dense despite being the same thing. Like an apple is not always an apple. Some, some apples have more nutrients and are more nutrient dense and you don't have to eat as much. So you won't gain as, you won't gain as much fat from the calories, but you are still getting the nutrients if that makes sense. So um, to summarize, I don't take supplements. I get my nutrition from food. The argument against that is some food nowadays, because of the way it's farmed and, grow- and grown, um, does not have the nutrients you need. Uh, or if you want to get all the nutrients, you have to eat a lot of it. And the counter argument to that is that some foods, especially organic non-GMO foods, have the necessary nutrients. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, listening to that, it's it's great. Also, what you said about intuitive eating, I find it's a really interesting topic um, because the body certainly knows best what it needs and if you train your body to be like that sensitive about 
specific nutrients. Uh, as you mentioned, if you have like a deficiency, it, your body wants to eat exactly what um, makes it better, you know? So right, right. interesting. No, and the, um, she'll, the woman I'm, I'll be interviewing will know more than I do about this because it's something that I, I lightly, because someone told me about it and it's like, what do you do is actually intuitive eating. I'm like, oh, so that, that's what I know about it. Um, but I believe that like, you also have to balance that with addiction because sometimes people will want a candy bar and it's like, oh, well, my, my body is deficient in candy bars and sugar. So like, <laughs> that's why I'm getting it. So no, um, there, I, some of it is about tuning your body to, I, I'm guessing, ignore the addictions, which are bad for you and be more in tune with what it actually wants. And in the sense that you're ignoring um, unnecessary desires, but you're pursuing the ones that your body really needs. So that's our answer to the, to the nutritional thing. It's actually a great topic. So thank you to the person who asked that. I, I'm still scrolled up so I can see the other messages. <laughs> I um, and, was there anything you wanted to add to that? I'm sorry. Uh, no, not actually. I, I just, I read a comment where somebody says um, that you should let me talk more but actually Hampton is nice enough to to dominate the conversation because I'm a bit shy and I'm not as good in English because it's my second language so sometimes I can't find the words and he's nice enough to um, get the conversation going instead of just letting me be there in silence so don't take that as uh, him not letting me speak because if I want to speak I do it <laughs> right right no uh, I, I mean I, I tried to like um some people watch it for our things and I try to have a balance. I'm still experimenting with that. I'm sorry that you want to hear Shireen speak a little bit more. If you want to hear her speak a lot, message her on Instagram and tell her to start a podcast. Okay. <laughs> because I'd watch that and you would watch that. So that's something you and I have in common. Um, but certainly if you will have any questions that you want to direct to her, I would certainly love uh, to hear some questions and just mention it. That's to her and I'll let her speak completely on that. So thank you. I, I can't quite see that, but that's my answer to that. Um, so I was, I'm trying to get all the questions from earlier before, um, there's, so someone asked, what do you major in? That's vehicle engineering. If Yeah. Yeah. Vehicle engineering. That's what it's called. It's like mechanical engineering, but for vehicles, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, manuals, lots of comments about manuals, um, how they, they like manual transmission more so, um, <laughs> Okay, so I, I'm caught up to where we are. Sorry, it, it, it took me a second. So I, I'm, I'm trying to get through all the things. Some of them are actually just comments. Um, have you done any marathons is what she asked. Uh, yeah, I've read that question too. And no, I haven't done any marathons yet. I was once, um, when I was running a lot more, about like four years ago, I um, got registered for a 5K which mm -hmm. isn't a lot, but I was so scared to do it. I was, I don't know why, but I was so scared that the day before the race started, I just uh, canceled my registration because I don't know why I was scared, but maybe I'll do that as a challenge in the future. Maybe not a marathon, but a 5k at yeah. first, then baby steps. Um, <laughs> I, I've run a lot of 5ks and I, I think, I think you would like that a lot actually. Um, yeah. because there's, at least in America, a lot of the 5Ks are people who, again, don't want to do a half marathon or a marathon. Um, so there's a lot of people who don't even really run regularly. Uh, some people will walk it. So you won't be in like a hyper-competitive uh, atmosphere, so to speak. Um, it'll be a lot of people who are just there for fun. So it's certainly a good way to introduce yourself to it. And it's perfectly okay. 
at least from what I've seen, all um, some people walk or they, they run a little bit. And then when they feel too tired or they feel like they can't continue, they just walk. Um, and at the finish line, there's like bananas and donuts <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and co- coffee and water. And it's, it's really a lot of fun, um, especially because they're usually earlier. If you're used to waking up early, um, it's a good thing to do with friends or some family because um, you can walk, you can run. And then if you're doing it with friends, I know you mentioned you'd like to do it alone, but it's a good bonding activity, I think. So if anyone is thinking about running a 5K, I, I recommend it. It's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. There's actually a big Berlin marathon that's every year and every car owner is really pissed off by that because uh, they, 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 they like, um, I don't know the English word. I forgot it. Well, well, but you it? can't go on, on the streets by car. Like they block the streets for cars. Mm-hmm. So the runners yeah, yeah. go through, you know, and um, that's, actually right in front of our apartment uh, so if you want to go home that's really difficult but i've all already saw all of the marathon runners and they were really happy and they uh, seem to be really focused every time they do that and it looks a lot of fun maybe maybe i should train for a marathon <laughs> well um i haven't run a marathon before um the, the longest i've ever run is about like, cause I, I didn't, it wasn't once I was going back and forth about 19 miles, I think. Um, and I haven't done a full marathon, 19 miles. I stopped because I was running out of time, but I think after you get past a certain point, you, you should be able to go from 5k to a marathon fairly easily. I think uh, a, a big thing would be, um, chafing, I think. So you have the right, where the right clothes for it, especially if you're not used to running longer distances, um, cause your clothes will chafe on your skin and you'll end yeah. up with like, um, not bruises, abrasions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also it's, I think you can build your way up to it. And then th- there's certain things that pop up. Um, like some people bring water or like energy snacks with them cause they, they feel like they're not getting enough water or their, um, the water is depleted <laughs> from running a little, a little bit longer, but yeah, something you like, I, I, again, um, if you do that, I would like to see. Could you live stream that? <laughs> your, adventures, your adventures in running your first marathon. You can have a jogger. Hire a pro jogger slash cameraman. He can jog next to you so he doesn't get winded. And you can talk to your audience while you talk. I, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Do that for charity. Do that to raise money for something you like. Um, that'd be a lot of fun, I think. Um, any more things from the um, comments? No, I think that's good. We got a lot of comments. So if you guys have any more questions, I'd love to hear it. Otherwise, I have a lot here. A lot more here. Um, is there anything you want to bring up um, in particular? It's okay if you don't. <laughs> no, uh, Shireen, is there anything that you, that you want to bring up? Ah, uh, that I want to bring up. I thought yeah. you, you was asking. No, opinion. sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> anything that I wanted to bring up? I don't know. Um, not, not really, to be honest. <laughs> okay, no, uh, how about this? Because uh, we, we've talked about this, and not to speak for you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you've mentioned, or, or, and we've discussed about, regardless of where you go, you, will, you, you already have an impact on people, some, perhaps, perhaps some younger people, um, and you, you thought, you expressed interest in being a good role model for younger women that you, must, you, you said you don't want to be just a hot girl next to a car. 
Okay, you want to know how the car works. Okay, you, you, you probably already know more about cars than most men. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like what kind of message you want to spread? Like if they're a young woman, they're like 12 or 13, like someone representative of your younger self, uh, what would you like to tell them? What kind of message would you like to spread to them? So on and so forth. Would you like, you can, you can do this, you can do this. Uh, you, can do, you can be both. You don't have to be one thing. Don't let society define you. What else would you say? um i actually i visited my grandparents this weekend and i talked to my grandma and she asked me about all this engineering stuff because she wants to learn what i'm doing and uh, she told me that her parents were book binders is that the correct english term for that like people who bind books (laughs) and uh, she wanted to do that too when she grew up but she couldn't because it was considered a male job and women were simply not allowed to do that a uh, which se- yeah which seems so strange because a book binder i don't know i would yeah i wouldn't say that's a male job but um that really got me thinking that today we have so many possibilities and like like it should be men and women are almost equal now uh, in in terms of society how society views us you know so as a woman you're free to choose what you like to do and still there are so so many more men in my field of engineering or in the field of informatics or other stem related stuff um I'd, I'd like to see more women in that and of course only do that if you're interested actually interested yes. in that kind of stuff but i think a lot of girls uh, young women are interested in maybe mathematics or i don't know engineering informatics but they are too shy to do it because uh, their parents or grandparents or friends tell them yeah that's not a job for you you're a girl or they maybe want to get like into mechanics be a mechanic and people tell them yeah you're too weak women are too weak to do that and um, that's kind of like what people told me when I said I wanted to do engineering and um, don't listen to them just do it and try it and if if you feel like it's nothing for you and you studied maybe a semester and you feel like oh, maybe I'm I'm not interested in that you can still do something else and maybe in the best case you love it and you're really good at it and you can show other women how great this field is, you know, and how great women can be as engineers. That sounds so stupid because there's, there's literally no difference between women and men when it comes to engineering or jobs like right. that, but it's still a male dominated field. And I don't know, I kind of wanted to change that. <laughs> well, More women in, in male fields. <laughs> no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people, um, they have unrealized potential just because they were never steered to that as a kid, like you mentioned working on cars with your father and a lot of your family is, is, is inter- interested in cars and that's how you got into it. But uh, like a woman or someone who's not traditionally thought to be um, a mechanic or an engineer um, never got exposed to that as a kid and they never really discovered their interests. That may be one of the reasons why women are underrepresented in STEM because um, it, the number probably should be higher if people were exposed to that interest more. So if you could, um, I think what you're doing now is good, especially if you ever branch into younger, like like teens, young teens for women, they might see that and they might see what you're doing. They'll be like, well, that looks pretty interesting. Let me try that and see if I'm any good, good in that. So I think influencing the younger generation is perhaps important for what that generation eventually becomes. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think the most the most important thing because I just saw a comment. Um, yes, yes, I, probably, I saw that comment too. <laughs> yeah, Courtney, is, you're probably a girl, I think. Um, what's your favorite moment or response to someone being sexist? Like the best clapback? And yeah, I don't really yeah. have a clapback because um, most of these moments like really hit me unexpected. Uh, I don't know, I have to get better at clapbacks, but I, I wanted to mention something uh, we talked about before this podcast, and right. that was at my university, actually. Um, my boyfriend studies mechanical engineering, and he took a course, which I was not taking, and I had a like free term, a little bit of time left, so I joined him in his course, but did other stuff, you know? I just sat there and did my, my studies for my courses, and um, after this course, he went to the professor and asked him something, like some, some question about the, the course. And the professor was like, first of all, boy, get rid of that woman and concentrate on your studies because that's more important. And then later in life, when you finish your studies in university, you can go and find a nice woman to accompany you. And I just stood there, like right next to him, hearing everything that professor said, I was completely like hit by a truck in that moment. I didn't know what to say. You know, my boyfriend didn't know what to say either. He was, we were both standing there like, what the heck, <laughs> what just happened? And I wish I, I would have had a good answer for that at that moment, but I didn't because I, I would never have expected that kind of answer. We, we didn't ask for that kind of answer. Right, right. Uh, well, I mean, re regardless of his intention, he perhaps could have been more, um, more certainly aware that you were there and how it might make you feel, um, especially because the, the point of like, if you're in a field, you should want the best for that field, regardless of man or woman. Okay, like if, if you're into STEM, you want the best STEM people in there, man yeah. or woman. You don't want to, you don't want to marginalize it because of your preconceived notions of that. So yeah, and if you're in the chat, think of a good clapback for her. You know, the, 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 think of a good clapback and upvote the best one. Uh, Rex Tullis, which is a friend of mine, uh, he says your your clapback should be that you are succeeding. So your success <laughs> and your thriving is your clapback. Even if so, yeah. you are in a sense you, you gave the best comeback to where you were you, you were quiet if you want to be, um, but you showed him like how much more you can be, perhaps even more than whatever he is. Yeah, probably. Success is always the best, like, clap back. Sometimes it's easier to just let that, let people be stupid, let them talk and just walk away. Uh, but, but personally, I worried about that comment a lot, which I shouldn't right. have, but it made me think a lot, you know, it, it really hurt my feelings. Well, but, um, yeah. obviously, a lot of people will support you. A lot of people disagree with you. I think it's always the negative ones that stick out in our mind. Yeah, you know what I mean? which but is bad. It? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, oh, just to address the quick question, someone asked what we did to, to promote the podcast uh, because there's relatively few people here compared to the 60,000 60, that she has on Instagram. And like, I think I have, I just hit 220,000 on TikTok. So like almost 300,000 combined, 300,000 combined. Um, it's harder to get people to click on things. <laughs> okay, that, that's the thing, especially to, uh, to watch an hour or maybe two hour podcast. Um, it's hard to get people to click on things that if you are into social media, um, just like you might have 200,000 followers, but like to, just to experiment, if you're like, click on this website and then you, all the website does is count. It's, it, it's lower than what you might think. Um, yeah. and that actually brings me up to a point that I'll, I'll bring up later, but I, we're, we're on the STEM thing. So, um, what other, 
What other adversities or challenges do you think you face as a woman in STEM? This is a question that we got from a follower. Um, so in my working field, like working as an engineer or just working in other like student jobs I had so far, I always felt really respected and really comfortable. Even though I was working with a lot of older men, I always mm -hmm. felt uh, great about what I was doing and they always made me feel great. Uh, even though I was a young woman, um, mm -hmm. which is how it should be, you know, but outside of my studies or outside of my jobs I had, um, I had some, some negative experiences with like people not taking you seriously or people, um, like I had one time I was doing a speech I told you about that. Uh, I was doing yes, a speech yes. and after that speech, a man came up to me and uh, he wanted to ask like really specific, really, really specific questions about cars to just see me fail at those questions. So he oh, wow. could, like say for him, oh yeah, she's not that good. She, she's not, not that good. You know, she, she talks about engineering stuff, but she, she doesn't really know stuff. And okay. uh, that's the thing that happens a lot, actually, because um, a lot of a lot of people or a lot of men in that case want to feel better mm -hmm. about themselves when they see a woman in their field. So right, that gatekeeping, gatekeeping, I guess would be what we're for. It's like, well, you're not really engineer unless you know this specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, that. That's something I don't really like. <laughs> yeah, that happened. But you, but you answered all the questions? Uh, I, I tried to answer yeah. the questions, but I, I was feeling really uncomfortable because right. you know, that was, was like stuff you don't learn in university. That's stuff that's like really specific for a really specific car. He asked me a question and I didn't know that. You know, why should I know that? I had no reason to, to know that. But he felt better right, about right. himself. I saw that. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> so he's using, so he's probably insecure about himself and, and, and using you as a stepladder. Um, that actually leads me to a point that another question that we got, and we have, we got a lot of questions from the live stream last night. So if you're here from last night, thank you for all your questions. Um, does, does your mom. Oh, oh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, you were gone for a second. I don't know if it's my yeah. connection or yours. <laughs> uh, it might be mine. I don't know. It, it just suddenly disappeared. It didn't give me a notification. But um, it said, does anyone, does being a model cause other people to look down on you while being um, in the field that you're in, you're in STEM? Does, do the people who find out about your Instagram stuff, your online stuff, um, have, they caused, have they looked down on you because of that? They think it's not serious engineering work um so far what i've experienced um i i'm not too in a working field i don't talk a lot about my instagram stuff like people find out eventually but it's not like a big topic at uh, a working environment you know so it's not really a big deal for them mm -hmm. um so i've i've never experienced that people weren't taking me serious because of that but that might be because I also take like more casual photos for Instagram and a t-shirt and jeans maybe, um, which is more like the sporty casual look. It's not like, um, there, there's, 
a lot more provocative photos on Instagram and like people see a lot more provocative or nude stuff on Instagram, right. uh, which I don't. So I don't really have a problem right. with that. I do really casual photos. So I've never experienced like anybody judging me for that, um, which you shouldn't do in, in no case. None at right, all. Of but, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and that's another thing that I, I, I'll I'll bring up, and it's related because I um it's a perfect segue. Interesting. Uh, if you haven't seen Shireen's Instagram, like she does take a lot of modeling photos, but they are um you know they're they're more classy than some of the Instagram models you might see, to where they are nude or almost nude. And she's right that when shouldn't necessarily like shame them or look down on, upon them for that. But just to give an example for anyone who is looking up to Shireen and maybe inspired by her, um, she can. It, it's a side hustle for her and that's something she can grow more um more so than because she talks about her engineering and she imbues a lot of her own skills so you don't have to just be about your looks and that brings up this uh i, I was watching this clip on youtube i believe and it was this um, entrepreneur speaker who was talking to a guest who mentioned that he had a client who was an instagram model but i mean an instagram model in the sense that she didn't do modeling gigs. She just posted bikini shots of herself. And she created an ebook that she wanted, a course that she wanted to sell to her followers. She had like, like 6 million followers, a lot. Um, wow. And they were saying that the course wasn't really selling. And they were like, why is this? And the course was called How to Get a Girl Like Me. <laughs> and um, they, if you sell anything to 6 million people, some people are going to buy it. But it wasn't anywhere near what she thought. And they were asking why. And they took a look at the thing and um, how she portrayed herself, you know, whether right or wrong on Instagram and social media, people w watched her and they liked her, but they did not respect her enough to where they would buy a course from her. Whereas, so if you're building yourself up, uh, it's important not just to be seeking the eyeballs and the attention perhaps, but to actually be, be building a brand and to represent, represent your true self. Um, and that's something that's worked well for her, perhaps more than some other um, people on Instagram or social media. Just my thought on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think very like, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, people can do whatever they want on Instagram, you know, and I follow a lot of girls who post like pretty pictures and bikinis and I, I enjoy looking at that, you know. Um, yeah. It's not a bad thing, but... M me too. You can... You can <laughs> post bikini pictures and be a really smart and educated woman. But right. on the other side, you can also be like a bit dumb and do that kind of right. stuff. So it, it depends really on your character and not um, on your pictures and how many people like your pictures, but how many people like your character and want to learn something from you. And if you try to sell an ebook with your skills or maybe a how to get a girl like me, I don't know, that's, that's not a good thing for ebook, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, right. And, and it's also being about, this is more like entrepreneur stuff for, because some people want to start their own social media brand. So this, if you're wondering why we're talking about this, this is kind of really, it's an online brand building uh, discussion. And a lot of it is about being self-aware about what your audience wants. Some people are trying to build an online audience and they're wondering about how to build from like 50 followers to hundred followers. You have to be self-aware about what your audience wants. Like if I posted bikini photos of myself, I would lose followers. Okay, if, if, I, if, I, if I posted, um, if I made a, a course called How to Get a Guy Like Me, or a lot of people think I'm a woman still, so How to Get a Girl Like Hampton, um, I, it wouldn't sell. Um, now, I have a feeling like it would sell one or two. Just, some people would just want to buy it just 
just because they think it's funny. <laughs> but um, but it, it wouldn't sell. So you have to be aware about what your followers want and how to uh, how to serve your audience. Uh, one more question from last night, and then I'll start getting into uh, today's. Um, how does a woman that wants to be a model get over the industry qualifications and expectations like size and height? So um, if they want to be a model, but they don't necessarily meet the usual standards or like what people usually want in a model, how can she overcome that? Um, yeah, I thought a lot, lot about this because um, personally, I don't actually have a lot of experience with agencies, but I know that there are a lot of agencies for different types of models, you know? Um, even if you're not like the the tall, skinny type of model, you might be a plus size model. There's agencies that only sign plus size models. Or if you're like the, the standard classic beauty um, that would be searched for in a standard model, uh, but you're really small, you're not one of the tall girls. There are actually agencies that uh, search for those models for commercials because commercials are usually done with uh, not so tall women like me because it would look kind of awkward if <laughs> a really tall oh, really? woman did, uh, like in a field of smarter people you know right, um, right. yeah there's there's agencies who are probably looking exactly for your type and you just have to find them and um, another tip I would I would give you if you're actually looking for an agency to sign you would probably probably be um, don't let them scam you because there are a lot of agencies that use people's trust and they tell you, yeah, you need to have to pay money so we can sign you. And that's not the case. You never, with a good agency, you might have to pay for some photo shoots to get like Polaroids and stuff like that. They mm -hmm. can show clients, but most of mm -hmm. those agencies actually tell you, um, you don't have to pay it now. You can pay it off with the jobs you're getting through us later. It makes a lot more like, sense. Yeah, which makes a lot more sense. So don't let them scam you if you are signed, if you want to get signed by an agency. Okay, well, actually, that, that's actually an interesting question I thought of last night. It's something that a lot of people may, may not think of. Do you have to be good looking to be a model? Uh, not really. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's for everyone, it's different how you define good looking, you know, because right, right, in, exactly. in the modeling industry, they're actually most of the models that work for Gucci or Prada are not like the conventional beauty. They look for really special faces, faces you know, with a really prominent bone structure or eyes that are wide apart or teeth with this mm -hmm. little gap, which is not essentially considered beautiful by society, but it's like a high fashion standard. So um, that's one point. And the other point is um, mostly people that are really have like a lot of character in their face are mm -hmm. the ones that are looked for the most because um, <clears throat> you mostly do advertising as a model. That's your main job and you want to stay in people's heads. That's why brands look okay. for people that look, you know, different or, or stay in your head longer. <laughs> okay. So being just, that makes a lot of sense because I mean, it used to be like, even now people think to be a model, you have to be good looking. Um, but I mean, they're always looking, I feel, for uh, models that represent people because most people yeah. are not, um, in the words of Derek Zoolander, really, really, really ridiculously good looking. Uh, most people are not. Uh, well, you know, by like society's model standards, of course. Um, so they always want people to represent the average person. That, that, I mean, that, that exists. So Yeah, another thing. That, um, oh, sorry. I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I just wanted oh, to ahead. add something for, for the things you just said because... 
Um, what most people don't realize is that models don't always look the way they look on magazines or on social media. You know, a model, yes, after her day is done, uh, she takes off all of her makeup and she looks like a person. You know, uh, models <laughs> don't always look like models. That's completely normal. And of course, you you always see like those beautiful commercials with the beautiful hair and the beautiful makeup. And that's mm -hmm. all fine. And those models are beautiful. But at the end of the day, when their job is done, they they're normal people. <laughs> right. They're normal people. So um, don't let the model shoots intimidate you. Um, if you either if you want to be a model or just in your everyday life, because that's not necessarily reality coming from a model herself. So <laughs> from the horse's mouth, um, from the person herself. So um, no, but what I was saying was that that's an interesting distinction and very good, very concise answer that it's not necessarily being good looking by like the universal standard, but by being distinctive is a way you can gain advantage of being a model. And th that's interesting. I learned something. I've learned a lot of things in the hour and a half that we've been doing this. So thank you so much for that. Um, and we, we will wrap up soon, but I want to get to some of the questions if, if you have time for in the live Yeah, yeah. I, I have a little bit of time left too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll finish them and then um, we'll sign off so she can, Shereen can do her thing. Um, someone asked, <laughs> well, that's a very important thing. Um, <laughs> what are some places you guys need to visit in your lifetime? So Shereen, to you first, you're the guest. Uh, what are some places you need to visit in your lifetime? Uh, so I've actually never been outside of Europe. So I'd okay. love to visit uh, the USA sometime and maybe also South of America because that's where my boyfriend is from, Bolivia. And, okay. um, so those are the main two places. And of course, as, as the normal stereotypical European girl, I want to visit New York. <laughs> that's okay. on my list. Yeah. What about you? Um, see, I, I, so far I have been to different places in Europe. Uh, spend some time as in far as like living in a house in Germany, Italy, uh, went through Switzerland and really stay there. Um, I've been to China, Taiwan, and different places in the US. So I I've traveled a decent amount for someone who doesn't like love traveling. I don't hate it, but like some people love traveling. It's, it's, it's their hobby. Um, I would love to go back, spend more place, more time in Italy. Um, really, uh, Italy, I like the culture. Um, not necessarily always the politics, but, you know, the separate thing, but I, I like the culture. I like the food. I like the people. Um, some people jokingly say that I have Italian blood because I'm always using my hands in, 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 in my videos. Um, and I like, I like opera. So yeah, I, I love to visit Italy. Um, I like to take my girlfriend to Taiwan. If anyone, uh, my parents are from Taiwan. If anyone is looking for a place to go, Taiwan is very beautiful. Um, in my, in my opinion, it's because um, I've been to China and Taiwan. Just my personal opinion, I, I like Taiwan a little bit more. It's like, for me, it was the parts I loved about China condensed. So there's the ocean, there's beautiful mountains if you want to go there, there's great food, there's a night market. Uh, if you are from the America or you just speak English, um, most, it's not hard to find lots of people who speak English there. Um, if you go into like a more rural countryside area, you might have some difficulty finding some people who speak English, but it's very uh, English friendly. They get a lot of tourists. I love to visit there with my girlfriend. Um, and I like to go across the U.S. sometime. You know, I like to go to Canada, but I mean, I, I like to go through the States. At some point, if I can make, this would be a cool thing if, um, if you have a side hustle later on, whether it's modeling or not, is I like to be able to do something online to where I could travel day to day to where 
I would spend some hours every day traveling to different states in the U.S. Um, and I would work online. So I'd be able to work while traveling, uh, hopefully with, uh, with my girlfriend or it, it will be with my girlfriend if I do that. Um, and just different places in the U.S., Canada, just hit most of the areas in the world that are friendly, I guess, and not war zones. <laughs> just so I can experience that. Yeah, that's my answer. Um, and someone said, do you have any things on your to-do list? So um, other than just traveling, anything you want to do before you pass away? Um, that's a really hard question, actually, because I don't really have a to-do list. A lot of people have like uh, jumping out of a plane on their to-do list or something similar to right, that. Right. I, I don't really have something like that. I, I would have never imagined my life to be this exciting at this point. So I'm, right, glad, right. I'm really glad that all happened, you know, all the rallies I drove, that's a lot of fun. And I would like to continue that way, just that life surprised me with all that good stuff. <laughs> right. Um, as far as for me, um, honestly, I, there's not a lot of regrets I have in my life. You know, a few of them, some of them are a little deeper. I, I won't get into that here. Um, but I really believe that we have the capacity to change ourselves as we see fit. I mean, it's just like, I, I see your life, the way you're born and how you are now as the, the, uh, the hand you're dealt in poker. Okay. So you get the cards, you either have a, you have a good hand. Some people have better hands, but it's the hand you have. And if you're playing certain kinds of poker, you can change that. So you play with the hand you're dealt and you can make the best of your life. So really what I would like to do is I'd like to, I'd like to build what I have now. I like to do um, what I'm doing now is my favorite thing I've done so far, which is fitness content, uh, health content. Uh, I'd like to spread that to lots of people in the world. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with my content and not to dominate the podcast, um, <laughs> I have a couple of messages I want to spread, you know, actually a few more than two, but right now I'm spreading. Number one is that you don't have to let anybody. Uh, so what I'm saying is I want to spread this to the world. Uh, you don't have to let anybody sell you your own health and fitness. You, like with calisthenics, it's body weight. You don't need to buy anything necessarily. Someone wants to sell you a $1,000 piece of equipment. You don't need to buy that. And number two is you don't have to be fit to be happy. You don't have to be wealthy to be happy. You don't have to be successful to be happy. You deserve to be happy right now. So on my to-do list, definitely continue what I'm doing and spread those messages to the world. Um, and with that, I think we'll, we'll, start to, um, we'll start to wrap up. Uh, do you have anything you want to say? Because I, I, I know you want to get here at dinner. I don't want to <laughs> take the time. But really, it, it's been a, this has been a really fun podcast. I think it's the longest one so far. Um, and I really had a lot of fun doing it. So um, thank you for joining. It was really, really great. Do you have anything you want to bring up? Uh, yeah, thank you again for inviting me to that podcast. Uh, that's the first podcast I've ever done. The first live thing I've ever done. Even though our audience wasn't that big now. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was a really chill podcast and really nice people really nice comments i was happy that people were commenting so much and um yeah i love doing that maybe we can do another one <laughs> yeah i, I love it even in a couple of months even or if you have a podcast uh, i'd love to be a, a guest on that um i will do my best to promote that um is there anything you want to promote before we sign off um your instagram of course anything else uh yeah maybe if if you like my content on instagram you can follow me if you uh would consider doing that i'd be happy but yeah just live your life be confident thanks for listening thanks for commenting and being here with us for almost two hours now <laughs> right right 
Um, so th- thank you to everyone uh, who joined. Um, we were, this is really a, a very fun podcast for me. I hope it was fun for you guys. Um, you can always send me suggestions at Hampton at hybridcalisthenics.com. Or if you know someone that would like to do a podcast, send me a suggestion and we'll do that. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and sign off now. Thank you so much, Shireen. I'm going to stop the stream. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay, so the stream is stopped. I will stop the recording. All right.